of all the things I had learned and needed to unlearn in this experience. So that's how I came to rebirthing. And then of course, wild pregnancy, taking care of myself in non-conventional ways, right? But that are really truly ancestrally connected to us as women. We just aren't educated in that way. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Dr. Kayla Abide about her experience with free birth and what the journey of motherhood has looked like for her. Hey mamas, how are you? I am so excited to be speaking with you this week. I am actually recording while I am on vacation. I was hoping to have this done and completed beforehand, but here we are sitting in this magical place and still making sure that you are getting these episodes. So this one specifically is such an awesome conversation and it's so insightful to listen to. I hope that you find so many empowering pieces of this episode because it's truly a really beautiful perspective on motherhood. We go through how she prepared for her free birth and what that was like during the process and then we lean into the postpartum experience. We talk about past traumas and how that affected her birthing and postpartum experience and really how she needed to heal and all the lessons that we learn during these moments of our life and motherhood and she shares about how initially she struggled with breastfeeding and how she also did a 40-day lay-in we touch on how having to leave our babies when we go back to work is a decision that a lot of us mothers have to make and it's different for every mother and we talk about the aspects of self-care and how to really focus on the mental side of self-care overall the vulnerability and the ability that Kay has to express this transition of entering motherhood is just amazing and i hope that this conversation inspires and lights you up as much as it did for me. So pop in those headphones, turn up the volume, and let's get this episode started. Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I am so happy to have you here today and get this conversation started. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself? Awesome. I am Kay Abide. I go by several things. Dr. K, K, my full name is Kayla, but I think K has stuck. Uh, it was KK when I was a little girl, but through adulthood, I've learned to drop the K. <laughs> so yeah, I am a mother to two littles. I am a prenatal and pediatric chiropractor and nutritionist by trade. I work with women. I do all things motherhood, all things centered with women. I just love loving on women. So when you reached out, I was beyond excited to be a guest on here because motherhood is has made me even more so of who I am meant to be. And I'm so proud to share my experience with that. So thank you for having me. Yeah. So how old are your, you have two girls? 
I have a son and a daughter. Okay. My son is three, just turned, and my daughter just turned one. So they're almost exactly two years apart. And what was your journey looking like before you had any children? Like, when did you really start thinking about motherhood? And and what was that like? Oh, my goodness. That, like, kind of slapped me in the face. So I growing up, I never wanted children, actually. And I tell this story all the time. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was sitting in Mr. Carcelli's geometry class, and we were talking about children. It was just a topic of high school. It was like, everybody was like, I can't wait to have kids. I'm going to be a great mom. And I was like, ugh. I want nothing to do with motherhood. Like I want to have a career and I want to be this and that. And I just remember everybody looking at me like I had 12 eyes. Like, how do you not want to be a mother? And I told the story that my mom had two very traumatic births and uh, myself and my sister eight years apart. That stuck with me. Um, Those birth stories and that birth trauma, I really think took a lot for me to process because I didn't know anything about birth because we never talked about the positive birth experience or what birth actually was other than just like reproducing a child, right? And so it wasn't until I was really, I think in my second year of chiropractic school, graduate school, that we were learning about pediatrics and the prenatal population. I was so disinterested. I was like, I do not want to serve that population. I am not looking forward to that. I'm just going to learn what I need to know. And then I literally woke up one day and Um, Me and my husband have been together for 10 years. And so we were about five years into that relationship at that point, living together, already uh, engaged to be married, if not already married. And I was like, I woke up one day, I was like, I'm obsessed with everything pregnancy. Like, it's just like a switch. Someone turned it on. And I just, from then it was like a light bulb. I couldn't stop. I was like, I need to have a baby now. It was so strange. And I remember my husband, we grew up as children together. So we've known each other our entire lives and he's always wanted kids. Um, Like as soon as possible, wanted children. And he was, you know, willing to wait and hoping that I would come around. So I don't know if he like sprinkled some magic fairy dust (laughs) on me while I was sleeping. (laughs) Some subliminal messaging in your sleep. Yes. And so I was just from then on, I was obsessed and I dove in immediately. I was on the path to become an animal chiropractor and in that education system outside of the conventional chiropractic school system. And even I continued with it, finished it, but I just like immersed myself in pediatrics and prenatal. And here I am today, obviously full fledged. Uh, That's the work that I do. So it's funny how life will hit you with the things that you're meant to do when you least expect it yeah oh that's wild and I mean like like you're so happy with that decision and stuff (laughs) now so like it is kind of crazy that it's just like that like spark that really takes you to to go down a new path I couldn't imagine my life not doing this work at this point so I look back and look at those moments that are like archaic like who were you (laughs) what were you doing is your mother still around today Yes, she is. And I will say she was the most supportive throughout both of my birth experiences on how I chose to birth. And she is just a light of inspiration to see how someone could come full circle from experiencing two traumatic births to supporting and being a huge advocate, honestly, um, for women and how they choose to birth. So it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, let's kind of give a rundown of, you know, what you were doing to prepare for your birth, your first birth, and and what kind of sparked your interest in wanting to have a free birth and what that process was like. 
Yeah, so I remember, again, through all of the obsession of pregnancy, um, I just remember being in chiropractic school and hearing all the uh, professors who've had children or even a lot of my peers who, I mean, we were adults, obviously, who've had, who were married and having children, uh, who've had home births. And I was like, you know what, if I were ever to have a child, I would absolutely do it at home because I did grow up a really sick child. So, I mean, from birth, because of my traumatic birth experience, um, from being born traumatically, I was colic. I couldn't hold food down. I was very malnourished. I was very unhappy. I spent most of my childhood on lots of antibiotics and having procedures and scopes. And I spent a lot of my childhood in and out of that system with them not being able to find anything. And it really wasn't until my high school years that I was formally diagnosed with things that would be of benefit for me to see that I needed to make positive natural changes for me to experience that. So that was the biggest part of that for me. And I remember in chiropractic school being like, well, I would never want to birth a baby in the hospital because it just didn't fit with all the work I had done to bring myself to health naturally and heal. And so I had thought when I, you know, became obsessed with pregnancy, like, of course I'll have a baby at home, but I never even knew what that would look like. Right. Cause we, I was so pure and innocently just engaged in the excitement of what it would be like to be pregnant that I didn't really look at the fine details. And I remember sitting in chiropractic school thinking about being pregnant and what that would look like and then realizing that I probably didn't want the conventional support that a lot of these women talked about. I realized that when I'm like in my most needed, vulnerable position of who I am, I like to be alone. And I was like, yeah, I just couldn't imagine giving birth with someone watching me. And it was really hard in the beginning to even see my husband watching me. And we had known each other our entire lives and been together and had experienced a lot of, you know, ups and downs of trials and tribulations of life and joys that even then I wasn't certain that I'd be able to like allow him to witness that. Like I just felt so sacred that I wanted to keep that to me. So I remember Googling in the middle of x-ray pathology class in chiropractic school, do women have babies at home alone? And I came across the Free Birth Society when they were still on Facebook. And I just joined right then and there. And I just started reading in class. I always apologize. Sorry, Dr. Orendorf. But I was really reading (laughs) all these stories of like how powerful it was to engage in that at home. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, this is how I want to do it. It just feels so good to me. And I just kept reading those stories. And it wasn't that one was right and one was wrong. It was that if I'm going to do this, this is how. I want to experience this thing they call rebirth. It was kind of like my breakthrough of all the things I had learned and needed to unlearn in this experience. So that's how I came to rebirthing. And then, of course, wild pregnancy, taking care of myself in non-conventional ways, right? But that are really, truly ancestrally connected to us as women. We just aren't educated in that way. So that is how I dreamed my free birth, I think, And then everything just followed suit from there. I just kept playing with joy and what felt really good to me and has led me to have two babies via free birth and wild pregnancy. Yeah. What were you kind of, I guess, hearing from individuals and and when you had to kind of like explain, like if somebody was like, oh, okay, like what hospital are you delivering at or or something like that? What was that conversation looking like? It was very unique. Um, I've always been very outspoken and just kind of like, this is the way I'm going to do it. And, you know, just go along my merry way. And I think that experience taught me what very strong boundaries looked like, not just like 
kind of doing what you want and being like, whatever. Because of course, I had to see and witness that so many people did truly love and care about me. But they also had their own fears and their own experiences and their own stories, much like I had my own stories that I was told that I had to keep in their own arena and not allow them over to mine. Like I said, my mom, I explained it to her because I was very open about it as I wanted to it to be an experience. Should I need the support? I wanted the support for it to be there. I didn't want it to be like a blindsided, hey, I just accomplished this feat and nobody knew what was going on. And so I had one, the biggest support system from all the Free Birth Society sisters because I joined that network and they ironically launched their private network when, right when I found out I was pregnant. So I was like one of the you know stakeholders in that experience with all the women who were also free birthing. And the week I gave birth to my son, there was six free births from the women that I had walked with virtually over that 10 month experience. So sharing that with friends and family, of course, most of them, they were like, what? <laughs> most of them didn't understand it. Most of them showed grave concern that I was going to die or things were going to be horrible. And like, I needed to make, you know, immediate life-saving decisions. And unexpectedly, though, the chiropractic community at large was very, um, I was taken aback by their response to it because the gold standard in kind of just in, in the philosophy of chiropractic, right, is that the bodies are created to heal naturally, which includes the innate intelligence of reproduction, allowing our bodies to create and birth life as it is. And so when I was open with a lot of my peers in chiropractic school of, and also the um, faculty and staff, as well as mother mentors of mine who've been in practice for several years, they were very uneasy. You know, like, well, of course you're going to have a home birth, but like, you should probably have somebody there as if like they were going to control it. And I just, it reassured within myself what I was doing because I just kept saying like, this is my choice like this is my radical self-responsibility whatever unfolds is what I chose and that really set in place that theme for what has led me to this entire experience and journey that I'm on so I'm grateful for it but I was really saddened I think during my first birth that so many people who truly trusted birth were pressed enough to actually question whether they actually believed in birth or not and after so, of course, everybody turns the other cheek, right? And they're like, oh my gosh, it worked. It was successful. You didn't die. Uh, I remember my father-in-law, when we called him in the morning to introduce um, his grandson to him. He, My husband was like, do you want to meet your grandson? And he was like, what? What? Is, is Kayla alive? Did she die? Like... <laughs> So like people are always taken back and it's just funny to laugh at all of everybody's responses. But afterwards they were all, you know, wow, I can't believe that happened. Like that was luck. That was pure, you know, you won't do it again. Right. And, you know, unbeknownst to them, I did do it again, but I learned so many beautiful things throughout it and also awakened a community locally of people who I know trusted birth, but also it had to kind of dig a little bit deeper like did they really trust birth because I think a lot of the birth network because at this point in time I was already up and coming in my chiropractic career professionally because I had my son when I had already graduated and opened my practice and so I think for a lot of them it was kind of like not pushback that's not the right word but more of like a an eye-opener if you will of like wow that someone has gone public about free birth which typically isn't the case because women usually 
free birth and are turning inward because they're risked out of the system or not feeling supportive or don't financially have the capabilities to have the birth they want outside of the system. And for me to go public about it, it got a lot talking in terms of like the midwives that I absolutely love and adore and a lot of the doulas that I was referring clients to and doing the work with women. And that was the biggest beauty of it, to see women actually come and support women, even if they don't authentically agree or wouldn't ever do it themselves. Because I had lots of midwives and doulas who had free births because they wanted to try it amongst their multiple children. And they were like, I did it and it wasn't for me. So I'm probably going to sway you against that. And I'm like, I hear you, but like, I want to experience that. I want to know mm-hmm. if it's for me or not. And if I need somebody I know and promise, I'll reach out. So that was a very primary um, lesson that I had to learn, I think as a professional, but also as a mother in learning boundaries for myself, for my children in the future, and then for my career too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is important to remember, like, just because someone else had a different experience doesn't mean that we have to then be like, oh, well, I tried it. It wasn't for me. Like, you shouldn't do that. And it's like same, like, with you having a free birth, like how do you feel like when other people are going to prepare for their birth? Like, I think we all have to feel comfortable in the way that we're birthing, like listening to your story. Like it sounds so like empowering and like amazing, but like, I'm also internally thinking like, I could never do that. Like, (laughs) and like, I think it's just like, I like to have people around me like when I'm going through something like that like how you said like in the beginning you knew you wanted to do it alone like you knew like when you are in that vulnerable state you don't want somebody watching you or looking at you and like I am all for like tell me what's going on like I can't see that so you are my eyes like like explain or like even just like holding my hand or something like that Mm -hmm. like like how do you feel like when you find out a friend is pregnant or just one of your clients like how are you explaining birth to them because of your experience Yeah, I think that's the beauty of all of this too, is like when you have an experience that the majority doesn't have, you not only, or I not only wanted not that specific experience, I wanted the experience of women feeling that they're in power. And so, of course, I am always working with women. Um, At this point in my career, I only work with women of um, the preconception or restoring fertility or prenatal population. That is all I exclusively see. So I'm constantly having these conversations in the conventional chiropractic world. And I always lead with exactly what I said to you is that when you're in your most vulnerable state, like what do you need? Because that is what birth is. It's an opportunity for you to grow. And so I truly look at birth as a a pregnancy and birth as a regenerative period. It's a period of abundance. It's an opportunity for you to heal some of your most innermost, you know, unspoken traumas, even if you're not going to acknowledge them, right? Like that's a subconscious ability for your body to be reborn um, and to heal it postpartum, which is huge, a huge part of birth. It's not just birth. It goes into postpartum as well because postpartum is forever and birth is literally less than a 24 hour experience. And so with that, I always say to everybody, like, 
you probably found me because of some weird free birth thing, right? Or someone that you want to have birth in power. That's usually how it happens. But I know that this experience was mine and this is your journey. So I'm walking this journey with you, whether it's in the hospital, whether it is at a birth center or whether you are wanting to do it alone. Because I do get a lot of women that ask me if I could be present for those experiences <laughs> in terms of their, like I do serve a lot of free birth clients as well, um, chiropractically. And so a lot of women asked for me to be present at those experiences. And I, at this point in time, currently take the role of like, let's just do the mindset work. Like, so I do the mindset embodiment um, coaching, if you will, and sisterhood experiences with women outside of chiropractic to get their mindset prepared for not just birth, but for whatever divine power they're looking to tap into. Because that's our gift as women, right? We have an opportunity to use what God gave us as a woman to heal ourselves and to heal others. So I just go with it. I mean, every I've served women who've had the most traumatic birth experiences previously to the most healing birth experiences still in the same setting. And that is the key. It's not about like home being the best place. Sure, I, I think I would never birth in the hospital. Um, I would always want to be at home. But some women just aren't there. And that is completely okay. They know what they want and knowing what you want and knowing what you don't want is far better than just being a passenger to your birth experience. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that completely. I think, you know, with, with my first, I had a cesarean and that was not expected. And then with my second, he was a completely different experience, but I was at the hospital for both. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was completely unmedicated VBAC. I was not at a state that I felt like I could be anywhere other than a hospital. And so like it's it's really nice when we can experience different things but like know that like everybody has their own experience and like mm-hmm. in what they want for their birth. And I think like that's something that I really advocate for like you do you like wherever you want, like however you want, like that should be the goal and what you're envisioning. So yeah, it's all about support. As long as you have the support systems, you are going to be able to accomplish what you really set out for. Yeah. So you touched on postpartum and that's where I get, I guess, the most giddy about. (laughs) Um, So how was, I mean, you don't have any other reference because both of your births were free verse and at home and everything. But like, how do you feel like that played a role in your postpartum experience? And what do you find most helpful in healing in the postpartum experience? Yeah, that's a great question. So my postpartums were very, very different, despite birth being the same, essentially the same setting. Um, my Both my children were born in two different houses. So my son, again, just a different point in my life when he was born. So his birth was very um, intense and fast and exactly what I needed in that moment, right? To learn to adapt to and to surrender and let go. And so since his birth was very fast and I, I intended it to be that way, um, I had dreamed dreamed it up to be that exactly what it was. And so his postpartum, I opted to do a 40-day lay-in. So I didn't leave my bed for 40 days. Um, and that was something that was so difficult for me 
because I was always go, go, go. And I was like super, along with the birth experience, I was very intense and very, what's the next thing? I have this business. I'm growing this business. I'm on it. And so I really wanted to be intentional about my healing because I didn't know what it was going to entail. And I've heard, again, horror stories, right, about postpartum. And I also had a really big um, inkling of the stress and the struggle of what postpartum would be like for breastfeeding because I did throughout my healing of during pregnancy and and awareness know that a lot of my mother wound with my mother from my traumatic birth surrounded around me not being able to nurse. And by that point of pregnancy, the end of pregnancy, I knew that a lot of the reasons why I was unable to be emotionally available most of my life, right, and vulnerable was probably because of those wounds that I held from childhood. And I did a lot of the inner child work during pregnancy because, you know, awareness and acknowledgement of pregnancy is what what the healing asks us to do. So I expected postpartum to not be an easy ride. Um, I looked at the postpartum as the challenge, not birth. Birth was like getting on the roller coaster, right? (laughs) Postpartum was the actual roller coaster ride. And I did experience just that. I had a very, very traumatic breastfeeding journey with my son. And actually today, three years later, we are closing that breastfeeding journey and saying goodbye to that today. So today is a monumental day, honestly, in terms of that that trauma and it's come full circle. But we had a really tough time in terms of oral ties and learning to latch. And I was very stubborn and I didn't want help in terms of the tools. I didn't want to pump. I didn't want to use the shield. I was like raw, completely destroyed, bleeding everywhere, crying, um, and still trying to latch him. And I look back at that experience now and see, and it's a tender woman that was just really wanting to heal what she didn't get herself and wanting that with her child. And so, so much like compassion and grace and honor for that woman I was in that moment. Because when I had my second child, I was ready to shield it up and pump all I needed to (laughs) because it was so traumatic reflecting on it. And so, but it was exactly what I needed in that moment. Like that, like, warrior I had to put on that that metal suit and suit up and this is what I needed to experience so although birth was you know a revelation of great of great honor and fight and surrender and letting go my postpartum was not the most easy thing in terms of breastfeeding and it wasn't till about 10 weeks postpartum that I actually got to experience the the ease of breastfeeding and then it, it got to grow and become abundant from there. So I laid in bed for 40 days. I vowed not to change a single diaper. My husband changed every single diaper um, for 40 days. I didn't leave my room. I walked straight to the bathroom attached to our master bedroom and would go lay back down and nurse. And I hired a postpartum doula um, and she had made me all the foods, brought me all the things, come to, came and took care of the house, anything I needed, laid and massaged me, honored me. Um, and I think that was my saving grace of keeping myself in the mental game uh, and not turning and shying away from who I was and just being able to fight the fight of nursing every single day. And that was integral, like being able to slow down and realize that I was living in the moment and in the present, even though it wasn't the most exciting experience. I did truly love motherhood. I learned how to love motherhood despite it being difficult and hard 
and I had all the support system. I, I you know, I, that's how I know all the people I know today. I made great relationships with the lactation consultants and all of the um, le- uh, La Leche League and all of the doulas. And I was messaging everybody and I was, I had the most perfect support system, but the biggest aspect was like this, my head, my mindset. So that was my first postpartum. It really healed so much within me. Um, and even reflecting back to, you know, today when we're closing this breastfeeding journey of three years with my son, it's beautiful. And there's so many lessons that now I'm going to do it all over again when I decide to wean my second in, you know, whatever time that looks like. I'm different versions of myself. And I think that's the biggest thing women don't expect is like, your birthing version of yourself is completely different than your postpartum version of yourself. And it's maybe two minutes difference of time that you transition into that. And then we're expected to, in this society, go back to work and care for ourselves and support other family units or go back into cooking or not give ourselves the space, the tender love and compassion that we need as women. It's like birth is over. Okay, let's move on to going back to the real world. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I feel that so much. I mean, you're talking about sitting for 40 days, just only in your room. And I feel like with my first, it was a little bit easier to relax and, you know, enjoy those moments. And for the most part, like stay, we were only in a small apartment, so there really wasn't like much moving around. But I went back to work at nine weeks postpartum, Mm. fully separated from my baby for hours at a time. Wow. And it was rough. It was not something – I mean, it was something that I knew was going to happen. And like you said, that like before birth and after birth – like before she was born, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll come right back. Like no problem. Like it's okay. But once that moment came – it was horrible. Like I didn't want to leave her. I was so sad. I couldn't focus at work because all I wanted to do was be with her. And then when I was with her, I felt bad that I wasn't doing enough at work. And it was just like a struggle that I was like constantly going back and forth with. Yeah, absolutely. And I I see that all the time with women. And I don't, you know, I mean, when you're working with women who are maidens and never walked the motherhood journey yet and they're just so giddy about like the success of their career and being able to have a child I was there too and I mean I didn't have a brick and mortar office I was completely mobile so I wasn't tied down to anything so I was able to do the 40-day lay-in but because of my birth and how intense and breakthrough it was for me of what I'm capable of And then although I had a postpartum that was difficult and I mean, something I needed to adapt to and process, I was able to do that work in 40 days because I wasn't tied to anything else. And so I took three months until I decided that I was going to go back. And honestly, when I decided to go back, I said, there's no way I'm doing this unless I take him with me. So I know that intensity of his birth was so purposeful in that I opened a brick and mortar office wearing a baby for six to eight to 10 hours a day, four days a week, and went back and grew my business and grew my business so much that I needed to hire help and how to move office spaces. And so I totally relate to 
which sets me right relate to that, which sets me up to my entire lesson of postpartum the second time around is like, even though birth and postpartum were monumental and healing and not traumatic, like unfortunately most women do experience and going back to work is a trauma. I didn't care for myself the way I should have. I still push the envelope of what society expected of me because going into my second pregnancy, I was working. Gosh, I mean, you know, you have your own small business so that you work less, but you actually work more, right? Because you're not getting paid hourly. You're just putting lots of time in. So I was taking my son to networking events. I was meeting with people and doing strategic partnerships. I was having events at the office. We renovated a complete 1,800 square foot office, hired staff, brought, grew the office. I was seeing 150 people a week by myself um, with a baby, wearing a baby. I then hired an in-office nanny to hold him and change him in between me nursing him because I couldn't carry him anymore. My husband was in chiropractic school trying to finish so that he could come out and help me. And then I got pregnant because that's how it magically works when you play Russian roulette. (laughs) (laughs) And you start talking about wanting another child and then you just have one instance that it just happens. And oh my gosh, now, now I have one baby who is, I don't know, like 15 months and I'm pregnant and now I have to go through pregnancy. And at that point, health was not sustainable. Um, I was not able to care for myself the way I needed to. There was days in my first trimester in the office that I was here. I would, I would get here at 7 a.m. I would leave at 7 p.m. I would probably drink a glass of water and barely eat a meal uh, because I didn't have any lunch break. I was constantly serving, 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 and I wasn't setting time aside for myself. So my second pregnancy was a disaster of self-care. I mean, sure, I did all the things I needed to. I mean, I was getting massages. I had regular chiropractic care. I was getting acupuncture, craniosacral therapy. I was doing the things, but the mental aspect of self-care was so different than with my son. And so that led me to, um, at 27 weeks pregnant, we had just moved um, closer to the office, bought a, bought a house. We're doing lots of renovations outside to get the yard ready for our small pack of five dogs that we have and getting the land prepared and graded and cutting trees down and putting up about an acre of fencing. And so it was finally the day where all of that was like complete, right? Like 27 weeks and the boys were sleeping and I went outside and I was just like taking in the air for like the first time in really since I could remember since probably opening the office. And I took a picture of like the entire backyard of like all the changes that we've made and how beautiful it was to just like smell the air. And I look over to my left and the pack of five dogs is coming straight at my knee. And they took me down and twisted my foot. I had a Liz Frank injury, tore ligaments, fractured four bones in my foot and was stuck and couldn't get up 27 weeks pregnant. Basically screamed for help for about 10, 15 minutes until my husband woke up hearing me in the chair. And that is what the rest of pregnancy looked like. So I wasn't able to walk for 16 weeks. Um, My pelvic floor took the brunt of it. I was not able to go to the bathroom on my own. I couldn't walk. I had to crawl upstairs because there was a bathroom in our new house on the split level, not on the main level. I had to go up down, or downstairs to get to a bathroom. Um, I had to be vulnerable and asking for help, which I was not good at clearly. And that's what got me in that position. Um, and so I had to ask for help. I had to step out of my office. I completely couldn't work. My husband, thankfully, had been graduated and just stepped into the office two months prior. So he was left with a full schedule that was 
of my schedule. And then he had already been there for two months. So he had already had a full schedule that was booked out months in advance. So he was playing the role of two doctors and dad to a toddler. And I had to call my mom and I was like, listen, like, I don't know what your job's going to do, but I don't have help. And I need you to come down and care for me like for at least three weeks. I, I can't even get out of bed. And that was probably one of the most vulnerable moments I've ever had to ask for help in my life because I was literally peeing all over myself because I couldn't move. I was so broken because I wasn't able to be what I like set myself up to be. Like I was never this broken in birth or postpartum and it was really like a crashing down. And so I didn't know what birth was going to look like for me. Of course, we had planned a free birth. We had set up at this point in time, like a beautiful team of support for postpartum. We had two postpartum doulas. We had postpartum support to care for our son. Um, We had, you know, friends and family that were able to come in and take care of him whenever birth ensued and to bring me food and take care of me and take care of the house and the dogs and take off work for my husband that that had all changed now because it was like sink or swim in terms of our business. That was our sole income. That was our sole, I was our second baby essentially. And postpartum looked a lot different because I had to give birth without being able to walk. So we had to switch from a land birth to a water birth, which I had never even ever imagined myself having. And thinking that birth was going to be intense like it was with my son is what I dreamed. But life had other things in store for what birth looked like. So although it was only three hours, it was much more slow and emotionally heavy and demanding of me to heal what I never took precedence to heal in the first place. So postpartum for my second was a disaster, (laughs) to say the least. A disaster of like having to heal myself physically and emotionally and be emotionally available for a toddler that had no idea what was going on amongst this entire experience. Because I went from standing to walking with taking care of a toddler to just being in bed and on the couch for the last four months. And yeah, I I remember moments of places I never thought I would go in pregnancy, let alone postpartum with my daughter. And I just remember crying out to my husband after my daughter was born. Like, I don't know who I am. I don't know. Like I can't walk. I can't, I can't even go to the bathroom. I can't stand and hold my child. Like I want to sit up, but like I haven't sat up in weeks because my pelvic floor hurt so bad. I had such horrible prolapse from not walking um, and only crawling and having the right side be so tight. And we just cried most of the time, honestly. Like, sure, it was a 40-day lay-in. It was like a four-month lay-in, but I didn't ask for that. Like, I was yearning to get out of my house because I hadn't been there for so long. Thank God for the women that I had hired. Um, Sierra Nelson and Emily Graham were like angels of just coming and like showing up when they weren't even needed, like asked to be there essentially and pushing me to do the work of breastfeeding was hard for my son because I had thought I was going to wean him before I was going to give birth. But then I fell and really needed that codependency of him nursing, of just being in connection and community with him. And so that looked really rough postpartum of nursing too (laughs) when I wasn't expecting that and the demands that come with tandem nursing. 
So yeah, it was just a whirlwind, <laughs> to say the least, of looking back on what we put ourselves through when we least expect it, and when we have a plan, but we don't care for ourselves and follow through with what that that self-care journey looks like. Yeah. Wow. I'm just like still envisioning that <laughs> moment when you finally took that breath outside and then your dogs just came. Like, I can't yeah. even... Uh, like <laughs> it's just like you're like oh I can finally breathe like look at what we've accomplished and then it's just like something else happens that kind of like throws you into a different direction yeah I mean the pictures don't do it justice when I look back at them it's like it's a you know they say that like hindsight is twenty twenty, and you like don't see what's coming in front of you until you see it and then you have no idea what's going to smack you from behind it's a little bit in a, nut, in a nutshell of what that experience was. But honestly, in that moment, I had no idea what was to come. That was the easy moment of like, mm-hmm. oh, here we go. This is going to be a ride. But the postpartum journey with my daughter now that I'm a year out from this and a, the, the accident that I truly believe and know the purpose of now throughout all of my healing and my belief systems of what I know about us as women and how we conjure up our own life lessons and experiences for our good, for our power and for our, to write our story and share that with others to impact others. I wouldn't be where I'm at now without it. So everybody always asks me, like I, I recently spoke in front of a group of a couple hundred chiropractors sharing my story and being vulnerable, which took immense power to even just be able to speak it in front of tons and tons of women primarily and I look back and I had someone ask me like well if you know if you could change it would you and honestly no I wouldn't change it I would go back and experience it again because I wouldn't be where I'm at now and I think that's the power of birth and postpartum right like we go through these struggles and how many women I see that after postpartum seek to help other women like that is beautiful like I'm sure you know this podcast probably has a lot to do with that, right? Of serving women a capacity that we don't know we need served in until we experience it firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. And it was initially like such a healing experience for me to be able to talk and communicate about what really had happened with Mm -hmm. my experience and what I was feeling. And I mean, being able to have conversations like this is like exactly like what I feel so driven to do because these stories need to be shared if, you know, the individual wants to talk about them because it's going to resonate with somebody. It's going to help them heal along their journey or at least like become more aware of something that they may not have thought of before. And I think like that's what's really cool, like seeing and hearing these stories of people that were like, well, I didn't know I needed that or I didn't know that this would lead to this. And like now here I am. And yeah, like I'm also like I'm helping other individuals like become aware of those realizations. And I think that's that's like the coolest thing to me. I'm like, like something is happening here and like it's needed. And, and that's why I continue to do it. And I'm I'm super grateful that you're doing that because just working with women in general, again, what, no matter where you're at on the spectrum, tapping into the ancestral knowledge that we haven't been formally taught. Like we have never in K through 12, no matter if you're homeschooled, private schooled or public schooled, there's no curriculum set for 
one, how to process or acknowledge and be aware of our emotions and what to do with them. And just like my experience, nobody ever talked to me about birth. Like, sure, there's sex education, but that is so rudimentary in what we experience as women. And so they, like, if you tap in to the knowledge that each woman has and we bring that to the forefront, it doesn't matter what your birth experience or postpartum experience is. It all encompasses, encompasses the need for each individual woman's specific rebirth journey to be who she actually already is and just doesn't know. And that's why I love doing this work, especially even working with women through fertility, um, which is a huge passion of mine because I went through something very similar with all of my health issues to get to this point. It wasn't a matter of just becoming obsessed with pregnancy and getting pregnant. It was a very long journey of having to heal that emotion Mm -hmm. attached to those things, which is exactly what postpartum is like maiden and motherhood postpartum and preconception are literally the same thing. It's just the lessons that have unfolded in between. So I'm, I love the postpartum journey, honestly, more than the free birth journey because you birth is a minute. You sure it's maybe 24 hours, but it really is a minute in the grand scheme of like motherhood and parenting and being like a sovereign radical woman and like taking responsibility for the things that you choose in your postpartum and in your, your parenting experience. Yeah. Do you, to that point, do you believe that we can have a rebirth experience without having children or birthing children? I personally don't. Um, I think there's a lot of rebirth experiences throughout our our life walk. Like w- working with women, I see so many somatic journeys. Like I truly believe our our purpose here is to just experience life. Like we don't get to experience this in any other way except for through our our somatic journey of touch, sight, see, smell, taste. I mean, just movement and ability to flow. And so while a lot of those maidens who do not choose motherhood um, are extremely powerful and not unjust, I mean, they are purposeful and empowering. There's just a different experience that comes with like walking through the birth portal and I I look at things and I always have this conversation with women. I've moved to throughout my experience over the last year. There is no good. There is no bad. There is no right. There is no wrong. It's how we perceive it, right? Like, cause I could put my, give you my glasses and think you're going to see through my experience. And it's not, they're not your lenses. Like we all have our own divine journey that we're gifted to experience and learn from here. So while it seems kind of a little bit like, meh, like you have to have a child to experience it. That's not the journey I'm looking and not the lens I'm looking through. It's a gift. It's an opportunity should you want to seek that journey. Because I know and I have friends who are amazing maidens who are not ever wanting to walk through the motherhood journey. And I have huge respect for that, especially because I work with women who are have such a desire and yearning to become mothers, but it just hasn't happened for them yet. So I try to take the the lens that I see through of I have someone on the spectrum who absolutely does not want that, but someone who's done everything they possibly can to have it. And I have to look through and see what's the difference. And for me, it's the part of the work of why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's the emotional mindset like complex that we have of how we perceive. 
So I will say when I'm working with a couple for fertility, the biggest question I always ask of them is like, what does it look like for you if you never got to be a mother? Because people don't actually tap into those emotions, right? Like they never look at what it would be like if they didn't not get that way, but if they actively chose something else. And I think that's a lot of the reason why, in my mind, we see women who are using reproductive services or fertility services that just aren't successful for them, then all of a sudden choose something as adoption or co-parenting or something of that aspect, and they get pregnant right away. It's because our mindset around what our belief systems are as women and what we're capable of and like, our actual divine power to tap into the gift of being a woman. And so when I work with women in fertility who have great success, we don't do like the supplementation, the reproductive services, all the drugs, all this stuff like that. Like a lot of these women leave those systems because they've been doing them without success for years. And then all of a sudden they're just like, well, I don't know why you're asking me all these questions of mindset. And I'm like, no, let's walk that journey because that is the journey that happens during birth and postpartum, right? We just encompass it with a baby and then our body having to actually heal. So while I don't think that you need to have a baby to experience that, there's a lot of work on the front end that is required if you do want to experience motherhood. And I have that conversation with people in the most Western medicine of mindsets, and it's a difficult one to have, but I've, I've walked that journey with several women now who do have their babies in arms, um, and they can look back and reflect and be like, you know, when you asked me to envision what that baby would look like, I never thought of that. I was so stuck on what medication do I need to take today? What do I need to inject today in order? How many eggs am I getting? Like, it's so just like, so sticky in terms of what we actually dream. Like you're not dreaming anything when you're just awaiting an actual count number on how many eggs were retrieved or how many viable embryos you have, or, you know, how many things are wrong with your body. But when you actually like play and dream of what that child may look like, because you're actually dreaming of the child, you're not dreaming of an outcome. Like you want an experience. So connecting to that is what I focus on. And that's when women get to have all the things that they want. No matter if it's an actual literal child or it's a rebirth of a career baby, right? Or like an experience of just being joyous and fruitful in your cash flow. I don't know. Anything that, re- that relates to women all boils down to our emotional thought complex. There is so much in that. And I feel like we could literally talk like all day about this. I am just like so fired up and so lit up and so like inspired by your words so thank you you so much for like having this conversation and really opening up and being so you know open and vulnerable and and expressive with the motherhood journey so is there is there anything else that you'd like to end on that you feel like would have been useful information when you were experiencing you know, becoming a mother and entering motherhood and and what you can kind of say to people that are listening? I know the biggest lesson that I have learned is that all of the stuff I talked about today doesn't require a long journey, right? I took the long way. (laughs) Most of us take the long way. But part of my life mission now is to help women understand through the things we just discussed and highlighted is that could literally happen in an instant for you because I see it all the time. It's a matter of you choose everything that you go through subconsciously. Like our thoughts are constantly creating our reality. So 
if you want it, you can have it. We just have to work through the limitations and the restrictions we're setting up in front of ourselves and the roadblocks. And all women have a divine gift to do that. I believe that's what womanhood is, is those gifts. So whatever it is, if you're, you know, seeking a, a different postpartum journey or you're seeking a different birth experience or you're just seeking a different career, you could have it as soon as you want it, but we have to get into the mind with it. And that's where I'm at now, which my daughter's birth and traumatic postpartum experience has gifted me. And that's why I'm choosing to work exclusively with women, even outside of the chiropractic confines. And so it was my lot, my push to launch my own actual podcast, um, the Radical Woman podcast. And that should be coming up soon here as I align with that. So I just invite women who are looking for something else, but have no idea how to get there to look at their, their mindset. And if they need help in that, reach out. I, I, I have many sisters who do this work, who've gifted me this experience. They were there for me to heal throughout the year. I mean, this doesn't go, I wasn't doing this work on my own. I was self-healing, but I had many sisters that walked that journey with me and have now conjured me to be convicted to do that work myself. So I would love to just have a conversation with you, to hear you, to witness you and be that mirror for you as I was for, as other women were for me throughout my journey. And of course, thank you so much for allowing me to be here and share my conviction and passion with this because this just allows me to continue to be that light for others so that they could light the way. And you're doing a great job of that too. Yeah. So I commend you for that. <laughs> I, thank I, you. I really, really enjoy doing every bit of this. And like I said, I, like today would be completely different if I didn't have this conversation. And I think like that's a unique experience in itself. And I think when we really push ourselves to just start something, we can see how much we can learn from it. So I, I always like encourage people, like if it's on your heart, like if you have a desire to do something, there's a reason. So absolutely. A hundred percent. We are all yeah. meant to make an impact. It just ripples from, yeah. from every single impact that you make. So how can we reach you? How can we get in contact with yes, you? Give us all the awesome. details. So we are in the process of launching a couple more um, websites, but conventionally for now, we could stick to um, Love and Light Family Chiropractic is a mission of our private ministry association, which is Love and Light Healing Collective. Um, so you're welcome to reach me at Dr. Kayla at loveandlightfamilychiropractic.com. Um, you could go to loveandlightfamilychiropractic.com. That's our um conventional chiropractic office with the four doctors that are in there serving. Um, but the work goes beyond that. So eventually um, we, I am working on my site, drkabide.com. You could follow the Radical Woman po uh, podcast with Dr. K Abide or just follow me on Facebook um, and reach out. I utilize every avenue. If someone reaches out, I automatically reach back. I always tell everybody, it was like a 72 hour window, just in case it's the weekend and I'm with my kids. I will promise I will get back to you in some capacity. So feel free to reach out. You never know how far reaching that asking for help may go. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. This was beautiful. Well, this wraps up another episode of the Entering Motherhood podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us wherever you are listening because that helps the show grow and expand so that other mamas can learn information on how to heal and navigate in motherhood.
motherhood. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much to me. And be sure to subscribe so that you can listen to the latest episodes of the Entering Motherhood podcast. See you later, mamas.